Our reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who, who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take up your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Stand up take your mat and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is the word of God for the people of God. I want to begin with a poem. Not the one who takes up his bed and walks, but the ones who have known him all along and carry him in, their shoulders numb, the ache and stoop deep locked in their backs, the stretcher handles slippery with sweat, and no let up until he's strapped on tight, made tilt able and raised to the tile roof, then lowered for healing. Be mindful of them, as they stand and wait for the burn of the paid out ropes to cool, their slight lightheadedness and incredulity to pass, those who had known him all along. Seamus Haney wrote this poem, Miracle, after he suffered a stroke and had to rely on his loved ones to bear with him through his healing. There's a pinpoint of light that Haney's poem shines upon our biblical story. You see, person after person in the Gospels, Jesus rewards them for taking initiative for their own healing. It was the leper who barged into Jesus' midst and asked to be healed. It was the blind man on the side of the road who shouted out to Jesus to restore his sight. It was the hemorrhaging woman who reached out through the crowd confident that if she merely touched Jesus's garment, the hemorrhage would stop. In this story, however, it's not the individual who brings about his own healing. It's his four friends who go to back-breaking lengths for the one man. These friends are not turning back when they see the crowd filling Peter's house, the same house in which Peter's mother-in-law was healed by Jesus. The crowd had been growing daily as word spread about Jesus and his marvelous healings. 
the crowd becomes a barrier for the friends into the house. So the stretcher bearers don't give up. They take back the staircase to the roof and dig through the mud and straw to make an opening sizable to drop down their friend at Jesus' feet. Jesus himself is amazed by the display of bold faith, not the faith of the paralyzed man, but the faith of his friends. When he saw their faith, he turned to the man and said, child, your sins are forgiven. Jesus's relationship with us doesn't hang or fall on the amount of faith I or you have or don't have. Now just imagine, being a Christian is about a personal relationship with Jesus, yes. But ours is not a private faith. The faith of the whole community is essential for the health of each individual part. The Apostle Paul used the human body as the metaphor for our collective health. If one member is sick, the whole body carries the illness. If one member is in need of healing, the whole body is in need of healing. God calls the body to care for its complete self. That means we might bear one person's burdens today, and if we allow it, it might be our burden others bear tomorrow. There is intended solidarity in suffering. And this might be hard for our Protestant, work ethic, individualistic, North American, self-reliant ears to hear. We are not fond of depending on others. We'd much rather be the givers, the helpers, or the actor. It's much easier to play down our pain by telling others, I'm fine, I'm fine. But how many times have you heard it said, if it was not for the strength of one's friends, family, or church, that person would not have made it through their trial? A friend of mine, in fact, told me that during her painful divorce, she was borrowing faith from her friends faith that she did not have herself. She lamented that she was wrung out, but instead of throwing in the towel, she relied on her church in her words to carry her to Jesus. She said borrowed faith was the best she had. Borrowed faith, I assured her, was more than enough. Now in church circles like ours, we think of the church as a place of action. We want the church to be prophetic. We are called to work for justice and peace, absolutely true. What is easy to forget is that the church is also a hospital. The church has been commissioned by Jesus to be a safe place where wounds can be healed, where we tend to each other's broken hearts, where we whisper encouraging words, and we speak to imperceptible pain. Sometimes a person just needs a place to rest and to refresh in the oasis waters of grace and mercy. Sometimes a person just needs to be carried to Jesus because they can't make the trip themselves. Whether it's illness, the death of a loved one, parenting struggles, a divorce, grief, or depression that weighs on you like cement. 
whatever your affliction is, the faith of the community can make all the difference in how you survive it. During this pandemic, is there a particular stretcher bearer you're resting on? Do you have friends who will carry you for this time? We're not meant to bear this weight alone. We are wired for relationships. God shows, it, shows us that it is through connections that we survive what life presents us. Bear one another's burdens, therefore fulfilling the law of Christ, said Paul in his letter to the Galatians. He said it because the community needed to hear it. There were folks in that little house church who were in pain, and there were members who were messing up their lives. So Paul exhorted, bear with each other's shortcomings with gentleness. People go through unimaginable trials, and I ask myself, how on earth will they make it through? How will their spirit not be crushed? But thankfully, God measures out grace and strength to us in coffee spoons, a little at a time, just enough to get us through the day, and just enough grace to a friend so they can help us survive. We have no idea in this story why the man is paralyzed. Paralysis comes in different shapes and degrees. There are seasons we might feel paralyzed in our spiritual lives. We feel no energy, no liveliness in our spirit. We have no desire to go deeper in our relationship with God. Doubts crowd out our beliefs. Pastors go through seasons of spiritual paralysis, and I'll tell you, it can be more than a challenge for a preacher to get up in the pulpit week after week to proclaim the good news of God's love to others when he or she is not feeling the love. And sadly, many good pastors leave the ministry because of their reluctance to admit their love toward things of the Spirit has dissipated. Spiritual crises are hard burdens to carry alone. In these quarantining months, we've all faced the challenge of not being in the sanctuary together. None of us could have fully understood 11 months ago just how hard it would be. Being in the physical presence of the community is a mat that carries us. Liturgy means the work of the people. Our liturgy, meaning our corporate prayers, our hymns, scriptures, music, creeds, and yes, even the sermons, carries us to Jesus. Music lifts our spirits. Prayers from our Book of Common Worship or the doxology or the Gloria provide the language of faith that we ourselves might not be able to articulate. So we let the work of the people, the liturgy, carry us to Jesus. The Catholic monastic Thomas Merton said, we'll never know just whose prayer it was that held us up at a time when we needed it most. We'll never know if it was the prayer of a kind soul that helped us return to God. We'll never be sure if it was the prayer of a stranger on a subway that helped us get through our darkest time. We'll never know whose prayers averted wars. I am grateful that the mark 
that the Gospel of Mark included that pinpoint of light shining on the faith and the love of the friends. We too can release ourselves into the care of others. We will find ourselves held up by faithful hands that will deliver us into the presence of Jesus. Only one man was healed by Jesus that day, but all five friends returned home made whole. Thanks be to God.